I mean, how do you even start these things anyway, right? We'll just jump right into it. Welcome to Digging Holes with Dusty Tunnel, episode one, the first ever episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, you're you're here with me in the beginning um, and maybe the end. I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Um, uh, thank you for being here. I'm coming off a, a two-week vacation. Um, I was in Belize for two weeks with some good friends, uh, limited internet access, so it was nice to not be on my phone constantly and uh, being distracted by social media and work and messages and all that kind of stuff. So um, that was that was actually really, really nice, although I've fallen right off the wagon. As soon as I stepped foot in the States and I had internet, I was on my phone uh, looking at the things that Trump did and... Uh, the the roast at the White House correspondence meeting and all that kind of shit and I don't know man I was so much happier not knowing anything um, so all that was kind of disappointing but we're trying to uh, maintain a new perspective a better perspective um, I actually got a very bad sunburn which is now peeling and I'm gonna go ahead and attribute that to um, the old dusty peeling off I'm peeling off sounds sexual peeling off, uh, but it's just my dead skin coming off, representing the old Dusty who cared about these kinds of things and worried and stressed and, um, and you know, really didn't get a whole lot done because of, uh, you know, all the worry and stress and anxiety and stuff. I'm feeling refreshed right now. I'm ready to work, ready to do some podcasting, ready to do some comedy, and um, I hope you can hear it in my voice. I pretty monotone most of the time but uh i feel like there's a little bit of excitement um i feel a little bit excited inside of me and i hope it it's uh resonating through this microphone um i uh new dusty i'm you know i'm peeling off i went and got a haircut uh not yesterday but the day before by a gay man in mission valley uh part of san diego california at a floyd's um, Floyd's Barbershop and uh, this was definitely a top in the gay uh, sense you know like the when he does uh, sexual things with other people he's the top uh, the on top the one doing the you know he's the giver he's got a big heart he's a giver and uh, I could tell this immediately from when he shook my hand because he had these really callous strong like mechanic hands and uh, he's just squeezed the shit out of it. And it was really unexpected because he reached out there sort of limp-handed, you know, like like I was supposed to just maybe take his fingertips and, like, shake him a little or maybe, like, kiss the top of his hand, maybe, is what he wanted. I don't, I don't know. But when I stuck my hand out there, he went from the lip, the limp sort of effeminate hand to just like transformed to machine like sex robot hand and just squeezed the shit out of mine and it was like wow wow this you know it's like this is a whole different experience than i was expecting it to be and uh he treated me the same way when i was in the chair and getting my hair cut like uh you know most hairstylists would ask you to look down or look to the side you know gently tilt your head to the side kind of a deal but he actually grabbed me by the hair, grabbed my hair like 
like a fistful of hair and he would pull my head aggressively to where he wanted it and you know make his cuts and i gotta say it felt nice to submit you know what i mean it was just nice to kind of give yourself up and let some you know put yourself in somebody else's hands and not worry about it it's like this guy knows what he's doing and even if he doesn't he's gonna do it anyway so why fight it and that felt nice that was really nice uh he ended up doing a great job i don't remember what his name was if you live in san diego mission valley floyd's uh barbershop look for the gay man with a beard with uh mechanic hands he'll cut the shit out of your hair um you might need a massage or something afterwards um you might need to take a day off but it'll be worth it you'll have a great haircut um sort of an aggressively great experience uh, go check it out um there's a few things i need to talk about uh one is i'm doing a podcast uh and you're listening to it right now uh that's going to be posted on my web new website that um well my revitalized website i had one i'm uh kind of redoing it so that i can post blogs uh videos podcasts things on there dustytunnel.com if you're listening to this you've probably already been there i know where it is but just gonna throw that out there anyway um check it out and uh, a couple other things i want to just um uh throw some shout outs out there um to some guys that i've been podcasting with a little bit there's um, michael timmermeyer He's a comedian that I met at an open mic a few months back. Really, really nice guy. Um, kind of new to comedy. Um, a little bit newer than I am. Uh, not, not to say that I'm a pro or a veteran or anything. Um, please pay me sometime. Uh, but Michael's um, he's really funny, really nice guy, and uh, we've been podcasting together a little bit. Um, there are some that are posted. Um, under a podcast called Offensive, um, U-H-F-F-E-N-S-I-V-E. Um, and that you can find on the website of the other guy I was going to talk about, which is Sean Corey, um, uh, who has started NorthParkRadio.com. Awesome, awesome website for anybody creating content in San Diego or even just anywhere, Southern California. He's kind of just trying to... Um, provide a website for people who don't have a big following or a lot of money or anything um, to be able to uh, promote their stuff. Um, it's a new website, but he seems to be gaining a lot of uh, clout and um, uh, a lot of traffic already. He's doing a great job with it. So NorthParkRadio.com, check out uh, the content on there. Um, he does a lot of podcasts with local bands, different things like that. And he's looking for, uh, you know, new people to uh, chat with, uh, to provide content, to put on his website. Um, and he's he's really a social guy, very good at networking. He'll, um, if you have good stuff, he'll likely get it heard by somebody, you know, at least more important than you know. So uh, go check that out. Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, just picked my dog up yesterday. Um, and after two weeks, I was really kind of hoping that she would jump all over me and slobber all over me and everything. Um, her tail did wag. She did try and hump me. Um, 
and she stuck to my leg for about six and a half minutes and now she's been sleeping ever since so i think that was actually literally all the energy she can muster up so i think she actually was excited to see me that's just all she had in her um because she is uh not a healthy dog and uh will probably die soon and it'll be sad but um the way i'm gonna deal with that is i'm gonna joke about it a lot with my friends and possibly with you guys um and it'll be real awkward and sad sounding but that's how i deal with things uh she's a five or six year old english bulldog rescue from a puppy mill they were forcing her to have babies um one comic friend of mine uh made the great joke of uh rape victims make the best dogs um that is a rape joke and it is offensive and um yeah those are two things uh, i don't really care uh but she's a fantastic dog um very very gross slimy everywhere she's got very long nipples because she was overbred so much you know and so they're kind of like and there's an odd number there's nine of them and they hang almost down to the floor and they're the size of like a small or even just like a normal size like medium-sized dog dicks so it's like she has nine nipple dicks just hanging down low and when she gets excited she humps so she'll like hump your leg and those dicks just kind of slap against your leg and uh, I really find it kind of endearing um, I'm gonna miss it when she is actually gone, dead and gone so I got real sad for a second there so let's jump into the first uh, episode the first conversation of um, the podcast it's with my cousin Jeremy Chandler a really good friend uh, more of a friend than he is a cousin you know I mean you know how it goes we got cousins that are great that you love um, uh, Jeremy and I grew up together. Um, we, uh, experienced a lot of the, of similar things and we kind of came to the same conclusions, um, or similar conclusions philosophically and about religion and different things like that right around the same time. So he was actually a, a really important person in my life to be able to talk to about these things too. Um, and, uh, you know, we, didn't have a falling out, but there was a period of time where um, we just had kind of taken different paths and not really talked to each other. Uh, both kind of had our struggles. And now I feel like just like the, you know, coming to the same conclusions on our uh, philosophies and stuff, um, we're sort of coming in into a, a place in our lives where we feel pretty confident about what we're doing and we're happy or we you know, at least seem like we're headed in the right direction. And, um, and it's brought us together. And so we were able to talk about that a little bit. I don't actually think it's going to be in the audio that you're going to listen to. We talked for over three hours. There's three hours of recording, but I'm going to stop it at the 45 minute mark because, uh, I get up and go to the restroom. And then when I come back, I somehow I mess the audio up and it sounds really terrible. Um, and some of the conversation goes off the rail. Like, it's not really something that you want to listen to anyway. Uh, but the four, first 45 minutes was a great conversation. Um, Jeremy is now a teacher at a school um, 
with kids who have sort of behavioral problems and he's very very passionate about it and uh, you'll hear that in his voice and in the conversation um so yeah i hope uh i hope you enjoy the podcast and um after you're done listening if you have any suggestions like things you want to uh topics you want to hear um discussed uh if you yourself want to be on the podcast for a conversation hit me up i'm open to kind of talking to a lot of different people about different kind of normal things you know i just want to talk to normal people with normal jobs um and kind of have a conversation put out there um that just makes it feel like you're you know a a part of something I, i don't think we converse very much in our in our society anymore and it's I think it's really nice to listen, at least listen to a conversation. Really, really nice to be a part of one. Um, so if, if there's a topic you want to listen to or you know somebody that may be interested in, in having a conversation or if you want to have a conversation with me on a microphone, uh, let me know through my website, uh, dustytunnel.com, uh, tunnel with two L's. Uh, go to the contact page and uh, just shoot me a message and I'll, I'll get back to you. And uh, maybe we can set up a time to meet and chat. Um, I hope you enjoy this one. Uh, it is a work in progress, but I, I did have a lot of fun um, recording it. Thanks, guys. you do you remember super nintendo right heard of it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> heard of it uh uh you mean super nes right yeah nintendo entertainment system is that that's right? it oh you uh, know is it entertainment it's, system? Yeah, I just, entertainment system. i actually didn't really know the e that just made sense it does make e, sense yeah. and it's and it's uh accurate as well yeah. uh no the these kids that i work with they they're all about it it's like retro you know and I actually downloaded every single Super Nintendo game ever made, which was not a big download at all. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, loaded up these tablets that they all get from this like grant. Uh, okay. So the kids will come in, and if they're feeling a little like anxiety or whatever, we hand them a tablet, and um, they can sit there and play Super Nintendo games. And it's pretty amazing. That's cool. Yeah. I ta- uh, I know you told me earlier, but I uh, I'm I have a goldfish memory. Like, what age group kids do you work with? Uh, primarily middle school. So okay, so like 13, 14, yeah, 12. Yeah, 14 is like the oldest kid that I work with. Um, okay. It's uh, the kids that I teach and that I do, you know, behavioral therapy with are middle school. But in the mornings, I teach chess to K through 8. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And what, what kind of uh, issues do they have? Is it like a pretty full, pretty wide range? or? Oh. Uh, oh. Are you, and if there is it anything that you do? that like we record that maybe can't be out there or whatever i'll edit it out too just let me know well i just can't say like their names you know right so the names i'll be using are fake uh (laughs) i'm lying to your audience oh yeah no but uh, it's fine to talk about what the program is it's a behavioral program it's uh, the only level 13 behavioral program in like 100 miles or something and level 13 means that they... We're back to levels again. I oh, like yeah, we're, there we are. Yeah. Back to levels. <laughs> we were talking yeah. about levels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bringing it back. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's uh, specifically designed for um, severe emotional and behavioral disorders or, or emotional disturbance is what I think it's most commonly referred to. Okay. So they're kids who basically uh, have, have violent crimes on their record, uh, but through the process of 
incarceration or what have you, uh, they've determined that that, it, that their behavior is due to a, uh, a disorder, so that they have a diagnosis. So that okay. they don't put them in juvie, they, uh, they, they give them to me. Got <laughs> it. So it's kind of like uh, when an adult pleads insanity in court and hopes to go to somewhere else. Right, except these kids... Uh, it's like legit. I'm not trying to. Oh no, make no, it but, sound like, yeah. but like a lot of you know, like these kids are. It's really interesting. You need know, that, that that old school saying, the catch twenty two. You're not crazy if you know you are, uh, right? Like right. these kids are sure that they're fine. Uh, you know, got it. Which uh, can be kind of, it can be comical. Yeah. Like just the extent to which that they they will argue that you know, like that there's nothing wrong with them. This is all a mistake. Huh. You know. Uh, they're going to be getting out of here real soon, as soon as they figure out that, that they shouldn't be here and stuff, you know? <laughs> oh, right. So <laughs> do do any of them improve and actually, like, leave? Absolutely. Uh, okay. Now, it's certainly not a um, – well, I'm trying to think how to say this. You know, you're not looking at the numbers to determine your your efficacy, you know? Like, you're not – you're certainly not like – you know, like most teachers and um, – will say oh 80 percent of my class passed that usually means you've got a pretty difficult class but 80 percent is a good number right right yeah you know i'll have one kid uh like one kid out of one maybe two out of the entire school year that will actually pick it up become self-aware move on to the next level or sorry move down actually you know we go from level 13 to back to a general education campus general population uh, and start working toward having a normal life again. Oh, like, okay. that's very rare, and we really celebrate those, but ultimately, um, there's we don't... There's not very many, though. There's not very many of those, and, and I would like to increase that number, but we're not... It's not expected that we will. You right. Know? Huh. That's pretty interesting. It's interesting that uh, you say that you're only crazy if you don't know you, you are, because that's how I feel about my intellect. Like yeah. My <laughs> intelligence level. It's like, I'm... I like I'm stupid, but I'm just smart enough to know that I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I need to work on my vocabulary and I need to read more, but uh, I, d I don't like I don't claim to be uh, anything smarter than what is considered stupid. You're so, like you're like yeah. duly aware. You're yeah, like, I'm smart because I know I'm dumb. Be yeah. but I'm, I'm the worst people are the stupid people that don't know that they're stupid. Oh yeah, and yeah. they and they act like these know-it-alls, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of things. those. But yeah. I think that you actually just nailed it, like what, what it means to be intelligent, right? To be a constant learner. You know? yeah. If you're a constant well, learner, then you're always aware of everything you don't know yet. Yeah. Historically, I haven't been a learner at all, though. This is a new, this is a new thing. <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> so this is, uh, I think this is going to be my first ever um, solo, like my, just my podcast. Okay. Because the other podcasts that I've been on have been with other people and they have names. And so I don't have a name. No. No, I was talking about <laughs> the, the podcast. Seven I know names. what you mean. I know no, what you mean. This is Jer Jeremy Chandler. Jeremy. Woo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was him acknowledging that that's, that's in fact correct. his name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what do you think about the name of my podcast? I was thinking could be Digging Holes with Dusty Tunnel. Digging Holes with do Dusty you like that? Tunnel. That's cool, right? I do like that. Yeah. Or you can just put like a an A in front of your name and then that's it. Just a, a dusty, a dusty tunnel, a dusty tunnel. <laughs> well, I kind of, uh, the reason I why like I wanted to do, yeah. Yeah. Part of the reason why I wanted to do it is because, uh, I feel like a lot of times, um, I, I kind of shoot for being inappropriate and a little bit offensive, <laughs> it, but like, 
in a joking way with a lot of people. Yeah. But sometimes I kind of cross the line and then I don't realize I do. And then I keep going with it. So it's like digging holes. I like it. Kind of a couple different I like meanings it. to it, I guess. But N- Now you just got to come up with your like intro theme song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually just figured out how to play uh, music through my mixer to record it onto here. So I may do that. But um, anything copyrighted, like you can end up with getting a huge fine. Yeah. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray that the three people that listen to this podcast don't report me. Oh no, you <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> you please, do. mom. Please, mom. Don't uh, report me to the bureau of no copyright. man. There, I mean, you know, uh, running around with Dano uh, in L.A. You know, with with his company. Yeah. Uh, I, I became aware of just how intense like that industry is. Yeah, it's gnarly, is. right? They will come and just fuck you. Yeah, that you're one guy, that one guy who's yeah. you know. I wasn't. I was thinking. I mean, and I, it doesn't make it any better, but I was thinking that I would. Uh, every podcast, I would play like ten or fifteen seconds of a song, a different song each time. Yeah. But I know it's still you're not allowed to do that. But well, I think that. Uh, and it always be I was thinking it'd always be like sort of an obscure person that I just think needs more listeners and like Well then get their you know? get their permission and then right. you're doing something cool. Yeah. But honestly, I, I personally like just some shitty song that I know the 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 guy made himself, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. when I when I know that you're just playing Do you have any journal of the watchman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you have any of that I'll use some of that. Okay, it's yours. <laughs> of course I <laughs> <laughs> That'd be dope. Uh, Journal, Journal of the Watchman was a uh, an early two thousands uh, Christian rock band in uh-huh. Bakersfield. Uh, Jeremy knows a lot about him. Oh yeah, because big, he big fan. because he is an integral part <laughs> of them being a band because he was in it. Oh uh, yeah, there we go. That's one, <laughs> that's one way to communicate that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, what's great, and I will, I share, I will give give it to you if you want to use it, go for it. Uh, and what's I'll in, totally use it. What's uh, I'm interesting? Sure, I can find that like that rap part where you rap. Oh well, I was gonna say like that that what I was gonna want to give you is we we actually have tracks of uh, we have tracks without vocals. You know? Oh, okay, so I, you that would to, actually be cool. And then you yeah. can throw your own vocals over it, and I won't yeah. sue you. I promise. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I don't want to listen to me sing. I don't even like listening to me talk. So. Yeah, it's weird, huh? Yeah. It is when you listen to your voice back, like I, like I always knew that I sounded a little bit gay, but then once I started recording podcasts, like my, my voice is so effeminate. It's like, it's like, you uh, think so? Oh, for sure. Yeah. A hundred percent. You know, if I, I didn't know, like it was me, I would be like, dude, I don't ever remember re- recording with a, a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> like what, what, what is that? Our, our ability to, uh, you know, like, it's like it's like we're we're always projecting something, but we're we're never able to project exactly what people are receiving us to be. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. And then and then there are moments where you have to accept that. You know, you're like forced to accept that. You uh-huh. know? Yeah. Like uh, I remember the first couple of times I saw myself and playing music with my brothers on a camera and thought, "Who the fuck is that dweeb?" You know what I mean? Right. Like it just yeah. like I just hated everything about the way I looked, mm-hmm. um, and I just. I, I think it's, it's just so so interesting. I think that our voices do the same thing because obviously we're not filtering the way our voice is going to sound until it, usually ever. Right. But then you hear yourself, and now you're yeah. Because when I when I hear my voice inside my head, it's actually like 
way deeper yeah than it is in real life and it like i don't have the lisp as bad as i do in real life it, there's a lot of things that are different about it wow I listen to it back and and i mumble a lot more than i i think that i do in my head too you know working work, on that working with kids i'm so much more aware of uh all of my shortcomings and my age in, in general oh uh, yeah like having so working with kids with behavioral problems that are like 13 or 14 uh-huh they definitely pointed out to you i'm sure oh oh you know it's they're probably kind of bullies you, well no, they are bullies you know yeah. that that's the they, i mean but to you like well these kids are like you know <laughs> when, when you see some cartoon that needs to have that bully just so they can have a hero rise you know what i mean uh-huh. they it's these kids like uh, like yeah. these kids even look like those kids you know yeah. they look like that weird stocky bully like with you know what i mean like the, yeah. it's like that stereotypical bully like they're in my class oh, uh, okay but um, but also like even when you start to build a rapport with these kids is actually when it, in my opinion, and I'm gonna sound like a uh, you know I, pl- I play it cool but that's when it actually hurts the most is when uh, like they're you've built rapport with them and you know that they're not trying to insult you uh, you know like uh, for example like my hair is starting to thin a lot now yeah you know love loving hats these days yeah. uh, <laughs> and I know it's due to stress because you know I'm pretty busy and all that. Yeah, but like, it's probably in your genetics a little too, though. Yeah, but I think that I've I think that I've pushed it. Um, yeah. Uh, because it, I say that because it's just been happening rapidly. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, also genetics, of course. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, genetics are a thing. So. Like for example, the other day I come to work and one of the kids that I have great rapport with, and uh, I think he might actually even be a candidate for the next step, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and he's like, "Oh, Mr. Chandler, uh, man, I was gonna tell you, I forgot his call. I was gonna write it down." But there's this stuff that you can put in your hair, <laughs> and it'll it'll make it grow back. You don't gotta live like that. That's what he said. You don't gotta live like. He was that. he was like trying to be nice. He was like uh, he thought I was gonna make my day. Like dude, I I just discovered a miracle, <laughs> you know. And and Mr. Chandler's gonna love this information. And of course I, I acted like dude, thanks. All right, I'll look it up. I'm, I'm sure I know what you even mean. But inside I was like, ah. uh, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. Um. You should talk a little bit more about the what you're doing with the chess stuff. I think, because you have a don't you have a GoFundMe uh, that oh, people yeah. could like donate to. I did. I mean, I like did. I said, like there's probably not gonna be very many people that listen to this, but it'd be cool if someone from here went there and donated. Or well, I mean, for all of you who might have uh, <laughs> considered it, thank you. But I, I had to take it down. Oh, okay. Um, but I, I actually I made I made most of the money like within 24 hours though. Oh, cool. Yeah, w- it was amazing. Uh, but yeah, I put the GoFundMe up within 24 hours. Uh, the it was almost it was like 70 percent. Um, oh, okay. the, the goal was reached like almost 70 percent, and uh, then my principal got wind of it and told me to take a bet like down like, r- immediately because it it um, potentially could compromise confidentiality. Uh. Confidentiality is like really important up there. Yeah, because like you know a lot of these kids come from backgrounds where uh, they're not hiding from people but there are dangerous people in their lives you know and so oh. we can't even risk even just a little bit but i i had to take it down but i was able like that's one of the sets there i was able to get like a dozen nice chess sets and, oh, cool. and i have my chess club now like nice. it, it okay. used to be that i was going class to class teaching chess to kids who ever wanted it now like i have the cafeteria during a certain block um i get tons of sets in there it's really fun cool um but yeah chess is What's interesting about chess, but in, re- in regards to these kids, uh, is that these kids can't sit still for very long for anything. You know, 
a lot of these kids, like when we first get them, their first two weeks is just about getting them to stay seated. Mm. You know, a lot of them cognitively are capable of doing their work, but they've never been able to sit anywhere long enough to do it. So they're behind, uh, you know. Um, mm. And so that that was the whole goal. It was to find something that will keep these kids seated and engaged. Um, and it was chess. Now, I had to be pretty – actually, my first – my first uh, several sessions with chess were, were pretty rough. But for some reason, when a kid learns checkmate, it's on. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> what it is, man. Like, there, like for example, there's this little girl. Uh, I'm not going to say her name. Um, but uh, she, I thought you were going to use fake names. but Yeah, I couldn't think of one on time. Uh, uh, anyway, so she, she sits on the other side of me, and, er, and she would just wait for me to set the board up so she could knock it all over. And I was being cool, you know, setting it back up. And then she'd knock it over. Finally, like one of her staff that she has rapport with says, you know, come over, sits right next to her, says, you know, you need to straighten up, whatever, whatever. Um, and then I get to teaching her and she's giving me shit the whole time until we get to the point where she's learning about checkmate. And then, boom, her eyes light up. Right. And I'm not even kidding you. Two months later, she beat me. Wow. It turns out that she's actually a little prodigy. Wow. Like, and she's the first prodigy I've ever worked with, you know, mm -hmm. but her mind just spins with ideas now. She's like, she, she has this notepad. She never used to write anything, not even her name. Now she's writing notes about Dude, chess. Wow. You know, she, she used to have problems like engaging in a lot of like interaction with her peers. She's teaching other kids chess now. She's one of my like main like assistants now. Uh, she'll she'll come to school and tell you know say hey did you see this thing yada yada if there's anything chess related in the news like she is just jazzed about this shit that's right uh, and she's beat me five times now wow and I'm pretty good yeah <laughs> dude that's you know? really cool isn't that cool yeah yeah so it, it's really I, and mm -hmm. I I got her her own chess set for her birthday um, and she was lost her mind you know that's crazy I wonder I wonder what it is you know I mean. Everybody, everybody has their thing that they get excited about or whatever. But it's just uh, how she can be such a problem, and then like chess, right? It's, I wonder what it is about chess. You know, I I do too. Huh. I, I I try to research it a lot, um, and no one has any real concrete answer. But I'm 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 starting to journal about it myself, and I hope to kind of at least at least understand enough about what actually goes on to express the value in other programs similar around around you know around the states yeah because i, I need to know that other kids are getting this opportunity to feel the way that she did you yeah, know because that was just incredible mm. um, you know um just like i guess in my own experiences of like times that i felt really uh angry and frustrated and stuff a lot of times it's uh feeling like insignificant or like inferior or something so yeah. i wonder if, if it was just like she just saw something that she like understood and like f saw an opportunity to be like good at something or, you know, like, yeah. Right. I mean, I don't that, know. That could be, but, um, well, let's just say that she didn't beat me right away. Right. right. And it was two months, which is not a long time at all to go from not knowing anything about the game to beating somebody who's been playing for, you know, three times longer than she's been alive, mm -hmm. you know, um, but she, in the beginning, did not care to lose. It was she was totally okay with like 
with losing and then she just flipped the board around. All right, and she set it back up right away. They didn't even ask you, do you want to play again? It was, we're <laughs> going to keep playing, we're going to keep playing. So she probably played me, you know, uh, probably 100, uh, seriously, like 100 games straight before she got that win. And so to me, there's something there, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, like I don't believe that, it, that it's um, possible for someone to just understand something well enough right away to, to, right, to right. win. But there is something about the game that she understood. Like, that's kind of what, more what I mean. I don't, I don't mean yeah. that she like was, you know, Bobby Fisher or whatever the first time just yeah. be, after explaining it. But just uh, so, like maybe she like saw something about the game that she understood enough to where like, oh, this is something I can do yeah. and like be good at. Totally. And yeah. I, I'd even go so far as to say that I think she understood right away that there's something she understands about the game that, that maybe even I don't understand. Yeah, you know? I think she, she saw. Oh, okay. As soon as I realized how to do this and that, I'm gonna kick Mr. Chandler's ass. You know, yeah. like, so, hmm. yeah, and, and that that got me jazzed. But she's she's the best player who who progressed the fastest. But it's been 100% a success with That's these kids. Cool. And I don't care if these kids are are you know, they think they're thugs and talking about their gang and all that. They're down to play some chess. Yeah. It doesn't matter what time of day. Um, they're asking for it on their free time and yeah. they will sit there and play. It's yeah, it's, and it's a competition, right? Like who doesn't love a little bit of a competition? Like, well, actually these kids, most of them can't handle any kind of competition because yeah. loss is devastating for them because they're so just emotionally uh, unstable, but in chess, good game, man. That was a good game. They always shake hands and they turn around. Yeah. It was just, it's so wild. That yeah. is wild. So, and you know, I love the game. So. It's yeah. fun for me. I just lo- I love situations like that too, where you can turn around and you know, because I like I've, I'm pretty competitive, but I um, I can be like overly competitive. But I like a, like one of the reasons why I like comedy, or at least why I liked it a lot in LA, is there were so many people. Because it's it's really um, I mean you're really kind of competing against each other, like because you want to get that gig or you yeah, know, like, true. But um, anytime I see somebody just like kill it, you know, ha- like they have new material and it's like super funny, like I always, like I just love it. Like a big fan, I'm just a big fan of comedy, you know. So it's like, dude, you're so awesome. I hope, like I hope you continue to get better, kind of a deal. Totally. It hasn't really been like that as much in San Diego. Everyone seems kind of clicky and shut off and. Well, you know, I wish. But I, I've met a handful of people though. I remember when you came and did uh, some stand up at the at the open mic here at the at Tembler. And mm-hmm. uh, there was that guy that went up, and, and he was all right. Um, but you, you had been able to observe him and see where the mic being right in front of him was having a negative impact on his performance. And so uh. as soon as he got off stage, you, you gave him the piece of advice. You know, hey, if you put that behind you, you know, it kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah you know and he was so appreciative of that yeah some uh, a lot of the especially a lot of the like brand new guys are um are really open to that kind of stuff and i and i always like i'm always open to um uh like criticism or advice too but it's just uh there's a lot of i think people that have been doing it for a long time and haven't made a lot of progress are just kind of bitter about new faces and people doing well yeah so it can be kind of frustrating that but uh, but when I do meet people, um, and I've met a handful in San Diego now, um, it's just awesome that you can talk about comedy like before and after and like, Hey, here's a tag for that joke. I think if you did it this way, it may be funnier. Right. Like, you know, yeah. And that's, 
and you're totally competing. I mean, I mean, you are kind of competing against each other, but it is a very competitive uh, arena. Yeah. But you're able to contribute to one another's success Mm -hmm. to kind of push it all forward together. It's cool. I really saw that, especially in that moment. You know. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, because I was you know sitting there just thinking like ah, Dusty's gonna fucking you know rock it now you know like <laughs> this guy you know like I was I was competitive for you yeah you know and I could tell that he was a little bit uncomfortable yeah. up there I, uh, yeah I mean I definitely always want to be the funniest person there but yeah you were I mean, you were the funniest person. Uh, <laughs> well I think that uh, you know when you're not though it's like when you see somebody it, it's that's actually one of the reasons why I like to go watch people like Bill Burr or like these greats because it's this combination of like humility where it's like dude i don't know if i'll ever be that good but it like if i'm on a a a string of really good sets and i'm like killing it being really funny like i kind of need that and then it kind of makes lets you know like hey don't like get comfortable like keep right don't get comfortable yeah yeah i think that it's really cool to to be able to because you've you've always been a fan of comedy forever you always have been yeah for Um, yeah for a long time in fact I think some of my very first, like non, uh, you know, Christian, <laughs> like exposures to like real comedy and stuff were, were from you, you know. Uh, maybe yeah. And I think that it's cool to be able to have, be at a place in in our our lives where we're able to use something that we're like you know, mm-hmm. I am I'm, I'm becoming more aware of, of how rare it is that people have interests that they pursue. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Or, or even have the opportunity to pursue. Yeah. And so it's cool watching you do it. Oh, thanks. And uh, it's 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 a really fun feeling to get to do it myself. You know. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it is. It is cool to see. Because um, we've come a long way from when we were kids hanging out in Bakersfield. Oh, I mean, we're still in Bakersfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah but I mean, <laughs> like the the people we are though, like who we are, is. I, well, I guess down at the core, you're still Jerry, like you're still the same guy, but we've yeah no, had a, we've had a lot of uh, um, ideas change idea changes. I don't know. Yeah, does that make sense. Is well, you know, oh, it does. It does make sense, and I think that uh, I think that for me, I most certainly just lost my idea of self for a while. Which mm-hmm. I think I needed. I needed to have that. I needed to have this like, this this moment where I just was somebody else, you know, so that I could, I guess, maybe even come back and just really appreciate who I am. I don't know, but um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm messing with my mic and throwing <laughs> okay. Jer- Jeremy off his thoughts. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. now I, I now let's put it this way. In a way, I feel more like I was then, now. Right. But yeah. I'm, I'm able to really appreciate. I, I'm, You're I'm a little more confident about who you are now, or yeah, um, I I just like who me you more. Be or, yeah. I like me more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I um I definitely saw a, a lot of those changes too, and it does seem like you've really settled into um into a life that you want to be living and doing things that you want to be doing and. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think and it's actually really cool that chess is a big part of that because you've, I mean, it's the same thing. You were always super into chess too for a long time. and Yeah, but I think that like if I were to go back in time and like, you know, I don't know, go back in time 10 years ago, say, and 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 uh, if, if me then asked me now, hey, are you happy in 10 years? I would say, absolutely. Oh, well, what's going on? What are you doing? Oh, well, I'm in a little studio in Bakersfield. Uh, 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Like I think if I were to, to express that to me, then there's no way I'd be excited about my future. Right. You know, because that's I, like those things in like, I don't know if you did it in like sixth grade, you'd always write like, or somewhere like middle school, sixth grade, something like, um, where, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to be in 10 years? And that's yeah. like s- such a weird question to ask a kid that young. Cause I remember answering like married kids own a house and right. like, all this stuff. And like, and that would have made me like 22 years old. Like if I wrote that down when I was 12 like, right. And the thought of being 22, it's like, you're an adult, you should have all these things. So yeah, that, I mean, it's just it's, kind of a weird, uh, it is weird. Cause there's yeah. no, there's no way that you can really understand the nature of your own happiness until you've naturally progressed into it. You yeah. know, like it's really weird because I, I mean, I think that I would have thought what I want is what I had in Los Angeles. You know I mean? I want, you know, uh, be by the beach, you know, I want to have a free lifestyle. I want to have no, no one that I have to answer to no time limits, you know, unlimited fun, you know? Yeah. And, and I had that and I was miserable. Yeah. You know, I really yeah. was, man. Like, yeah, I, I could see it. And, yeah. and like, I was starting to act out toward the end there uh, until finally I realized, like, I got to get out of here, you know? Mm-hmm. And now I'm just like so happy. And yeah. I love that I have to be somewhere every morning. A little bit know? of structure is nice. I, I'm, yeah. You know, I think that there are some people that the nine to five would just really ruin them. Yeah. But I think that some people need to realize that that's not everybody. Yeah. Like me. Well, I even, need that. I need to know if I'm not there, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know if it's, uh, for me, it's necessarily like a nine to five, but just like, just some structure, just s- like a routine of some sort. Um, you know, like, um, do, are you into Jordan Peterson at all? Jordan Peterson. Yeah. Do you know who that is? Who is that? He's, um, uh, Canadian psych professor, psychologist. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, he's a psychologist, um, and he got in uh, a bunch of trouble. I, I, he was on Rogan. That's how, how I know oh, who okay. he is. But um, he got into a bunch of trouble because he was pushing back against some legisla- uh, legislation in um, Canada where they were trying to m- make it a law that you would, for, like, trans people, you have to use their preferred pronoun and if you didn't it would actually be against the law and you could end up with like a fine or even go to jail wow so he was pushing back against it and um he got into a lot of hot water because you know he was uh people were calling him like transphobic and all this stuff when really all he was doing was pushing it back against the government uh trying to force people to use language right that maybe they didn't agree with or you know what i mean that's so yeah, he's this, really but he's ridiculous. this brilliant, brilliant guy. He's so smart. And, um, I just downloaded his book on my Kindle. I'm going to read it. It's, uh, it's something like the 12 steps of something, but the oh, Chase just sent me a screenshot. Read this book. It was about us. It was a psychologist. Oh, it's it was probably 12 steps something. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably Jordan Peterson. And he, it's gotta he's going to debate Sam Harris in London in it cha- June, it I think. Loves Sam Harris. It's yeah. gotta be the same guy. Same yeah. Person. He's, he, so he's like, he's, one of the better minds that are speaking out publicly, like philosophically right now. And he's more okay. of a conservative and, you know, Sam Harris is kind of more liberal and, but they, right. you know, they still agree on a lot of things like free speech and all this kind of stuff, but they're actually getting together to debate some stuff in London. And I think wow. in June, which will be awesome to listen to. 
but uh yeah keep me posted on that because i'll definitely want to jump in on that yeah yeah but he's you know he's really big on um structure and routines and stuff so i know um one of the things he always says uh when people ask like yeah and it's always young men that are fans of him like men in their early uh late 20s early 30s and people that kind of feel lost and stuff so yeah uh, i remember him saying um when people ask him for advice on how to get their life together like he usually says uh make your bed and he's like right yeah and he's like if you can just get up in the morning and make your bed then you've accomplished something and like and if you can just develop a routine of just making your bed and then like build on that and it's so simple but just like so awesome and then and then uh one one of my favorite quotes was from from him was he said something along the lines of like if you can't keep your house in order or keep your house like clean then how are you going to change the world right yeah man you know i i noticed that my mood if i'm ever a little like just scrambled in the head and and to the point where i really can't even put it like put a pin on my mood Mm -hmm. i just look around at my apartment yeah and i i can i can start to you know, get an idea of where, where I really am, you know, mm-hmm. like cause my apartment is always tidy if I'm feeling together. Good. Yeah. It's really weird. It's, it's so true. And if I like, it's a struggle for me to make my bed every day, but since I heard him say that I've been, I mean, that's, if I don't do anything else in the morning, if I go to work without brushing my teeth, I'll have still made my bed. Like, and I mean, I know it kind of goes against the whole idea of it, is like make your bed and then build on it. Like by having a routine of like, you know, you brush your teeth and you take care of all the things, but and yeah. it just starts with making your bed. But well, you know, I, I also got to you know, in in your defense on your behalf. Uh, you've never, I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure everybody has like their ideas of of being a little out of sorts, but you've never really been like out of sorts. You know, like you've, yeah, you've always I'm, had a. I'm good, pretty undisciplined, though. But what I mean is, like, you've always everything that you said I'm going to do, you, you've done. Uh, yeah. I think that, I try to. Yeah. I think that the whole the whole idea behind mi- make your bed is when you, when you're wondering where do I begin. Right. You know, right, you're, exactly. you're, you're a mess, and where yeah. do I begin? Because yeah. for me, I, I I never made my bed in L.A. Yeah. And I was a mess, and then there's dude. I never about... made my bed till recently. I just recently <laughs> started doing it. But you know what I mean? Never, yeah. Like you're when you're yeah. completely just out of sorts. Yeah. And you're just wondering well, where how do I even begin? Yeah. I think that's where that it does. It does, but it puts you in the right uh, headspace too. I can at least start yeah. here. Yeah. You know my life might be a mess but my bed is made yeah <laughs> well and it's true too because uh i mean if you're feeling really confused and lost it's it is really um overwhelming to come up with a starting point yeah you know? exactly yeah so exactly if you can just start just start somewhere just do one small thing then it can end up snowballing from there and, right but uh yeah i think um you would definitely actually i'll uh try and find the um uh, I mean, you can find them. The any Joe Rogan uh, episodes with Joe uh, Jordan Peterson, just like, listen to him. He's so he's so fun to listen to. Okay, yeah, yeah and that yeah. sounds like where it's right up my alley too. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you by chance heard of um, uh, Doctor Doug Lyle? Uh, uh, he he's a uh, him I don't him. Know. He's in this uh, podcast with with uh, this other guy who's basically just a guy who's who's sharing Doug with us, you know. Okay. Uh, who's, he started this podcast after uh, meet, meeting Dr. Doug Lyle just because he, Doug Lyle. this guy. Oh, I was thinking of Douglas Murray, who is someone different. So Doug Lyle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think I know who he is. Yeah. I, I don't, he's not really a big name, but I think that he's, I mean, he's, he is in, in some ways, you know, 
Um, but uh, the podcast is, uh, is called Beat Your Genes. Mm. Uh, he's an evolutionary psychologist. Oh, cool. And just he can answer any question you can imagine, but he's going to answer it in a purely evolutionary, from a purely evolutionary perspective. That's awesome. Which, which is just incredible. Yeah. And just the extent to which he can break things down to the gene you know, it's just, it, it's mind boggling. Yeah. It's, mesmer, it's a mes, most mesmerizing podcast I've ever listened that to. That sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, and I mean, just I'm trying to think of a good example for you. It's hard to push, put his stuff into a little bite size because, you know, like he'll, you'll give him a question like, you know, I don't know, why do I hate roller skating? And suddenly, you know, you're way back in the stone age and <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know. That was just a ridiculous example. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he loves to talk about love because of, of, just the mechanism that love is and i think it's important for people to to recognize that to recognize that it's a mechanism right that it's not it, it, nothing more it's not like a um like you don't have to listen to it right 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 <laughs> you know? yeah just because just because you you know you think that you've got this thing called love towards somebody who's who's you know maybe not good for you right that doesn't mean anything and then like and then love is essentially it's made up of a lot of different things too right so like well, like infatuation and like there's all these things that kind of come together that kind of make you feel like you're in love with someone or no it's well i mean lo love is just um it's just a genetic response uh, I don't, I don't want to butcher it because I just talked about Dr. Doug Lyle and, you know, Dude. I don't want to like butcher it on his because he's so great. Right. Uh, I, you know, I hate that's one thing I hate about like when I hear somebody say something awesome and I feel I feel like it's really profound and it's like changed me in a way. But yeah. then I can't I, like, I can't okay. express it. Like, I can't express it the way they did or. Yeah. Like, it's so I'm frustrating. Gonna, I'm going to try to bite size it for you. And yeah. I know that if I say it like this, I won't butcher it too bad. So. Dr. Doug Lyle, if you're out there listening, uh, really sorry if I ruined this. He's call uh, in. <laughs> yeah, he yeah he's definitely he's listen. definitely listening. Yeah, this is live. Sorry, sorry about what I'm about to do, <laughs> yeah. uh, Dr. Lyle. I okay. actually I think I'm gonna have a um, phone line to call into. You really should, man. It's so cool. Well, I think I already have one. Oh yeah. Uh, so because when I got my phone, they gave me this free iPad, okay. and it, I think it came with its own phone number, the iPad. Well, at the very least, you could use that number to uh, set up a Google Voice um, oh, there you number, go. and then you have a lot of cool options. Oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Yeah, so we'll I forget about like technology sometimes. Well, you know, things like Google Voice, as incredible as it is, it's not like they really make a big deal about it. Like, they don't right, really update yeah. it very often, but it's an incredible resource. Yeah, um, yeah but I, <clears> yeah, I always forget about that. But anyway, let, let, let me break down this real quick. So Dr. Doug Lyle talks about uh, love being, uh, you know, well, basically love is a release of... Uh, you know, of it's 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 triggering certain neurotransmitters to make you feel a certain way. But the reason that it happens is what he talks about being rewarded, being overly rewarded, being under rewarded. Uh, okay. And he gets real harsh about it, basically. And oh, I like the way he defines this too. So we basically, let's say we have uh, a man who's who's a seven, one through ten. And the way he defines this is mean that on average he's more attractive than seven than than seven out of every 10 men that he's around so it puts things in more of a context yeah right yeah. you know like we're not we're not ever going to need to compare ourselves to brad pitt because he's not he doesn't usually come over right, right? <clears throat> you know it's 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 a, it's about your community about how you yeah, your you know, circle your circle yeah uh, but basically a man who's like a seven uh he would really like to get an eight right mm -hmm. uh and and an eight sometimes 
doesn't always want a nine because of the because they're not going to be as appreciated and adored as they would with the seven, okay. right? And so this mm. is the recipe for love, right? That's Where you funny. have a man who's who's physically <laughs> like uh, yeah. able to feel rewarded, and and a woman who is able to feel that adornment and, and yeah. as a result also feel rewarded. So if there are any <clears throat> seven or eights out there looking for a six, holla hey. at your boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I like that. <clears throat> There's um. While we're on the the topic of um, uh, I don't I don't know if they're psychologists they're just biologists I think um, they're Brett Weinstein you know Brett Weinstein <clears throat> I do know Weinstein yeah. why, why do I know that he's name? like another another guy that got in hot water at his school because uh, he was he's a professor at Evergreen College in I don't know where it's at but I don't know uh, why I know that it's name, this like suit like overly liberal school. Okay. And there was, um, I guess it's pretty common to for people to protest, like people of color to protest by like picking one day out of the year where nobody of color shows up to class or, you know, they like boycott school or whatever. So the school, and I might be kind of butchering the facts, so look it up. <laughs> but uh why don't you get my laptop over here so we can look this stuff up oh uh, yeah yeah well and then so what happened is they decided that they didn't want any white people to come to school one day and he's a professor he's like this is real this really this, happened this really happened so he's a professor he's like fuck that i'm a professor i'm showing up and i'm teaching my class yeah so i would showed never up. oh my god i would and, never that's horrendous and uh and then so um so that kind of just it put him in a, a situation where he ended up in a in hot water at his school kind of a deal but uh and he's actually um he's a very liberal guy he's leans like way left but um it's interesting because there's like the weinstein jordan peterson's more of a conservative there's all these people that actually have very different political views are all like coming together and they're like sort of um they, they've found a common cause that uh of free speech that they're all kind of fighting for and and then they end up uh, on podcasts together and having these debates and discussions that that you should have. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, I love that idea. But yeah, because you a... can't you, you can't really have discussions with people that disagree with you anymore. I mean, it's kind of rare, right? People are so isn't that the truth? You know, yeah. they're they're so tribal and and I think that you know it's it it can be valuable for both parties if if uh, one party can at least know to just have a conversation in a form of questions. Right, right. You know, but you're so, right. So uh, Brett Weinstein and uh, his oh, wife yeah. are both, um, I, and I hope it's Brett Weinstein because he has an, a brother who also is uh, like an intellectual type and philosoph philosopher and stuff, but I think it was Brett and his wife who are uh, these biologists and they were on Rogan. I just, that's like basically all I listen to apparently. Oh, Rogan's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. You should. yeah. yeah he's amazing. Um, and they had this uh, discussion about um, like relationships and things and how like, uh, and, um, like one of the things they talked about was uh, like uh, contraception and how new it is uh, like female, um, the pill. Oh, okay. Oh, you, you know, like, like it just came out in like the sixties. So oh, it's wow. like brand new, but it's changing. It's changed the way people have relationships uh, right. dramatically. But it's such a short period of time that we haven't really caught up to it, like in an evolutionary, uh, from an evolutionary standpoint, right? 
So because it really is a, like it's such a subtle aspect of our culture, yeah, but it's huge. Because before that, having sex with women it was high stakes. Yes. You, you maybe you have a kid with that woman. You could have a kid. Yeah. So so yeah. you would be very careful about the relationship that you would have with somebody that you're going to have sex with. Like you, it was a lot more rare to. Um, have like one night stands or flings or things like that right, because it was high stakes completely high risk yeah yeah so so wow. now that it's not so high stakes we're you know it's kind of changing the game because um i guess historically the way uh this is i'm totally butchering it but um the way <laughs> men are wired are they um they want to make a baby they want to have sex and make a baby but they don't want to stick around right um, right. Yeah. And, uh, that's how we're like, that's how we're wired. And so you want to spread the seed. Right. Right. So, the so the Lyle pill, that a lot. yeah. So the pill kind of like allows us to like go through the motions of that and not have a kid or not, you know, not, I mean, I say have a kid, but it's have sex. So it allows us to have the sex, but not be locked into this relationship yeah. or a situation. Um, so it's a lot less, the stakes are, are way lower now yeah so it's and it's interesting because they i mean it's a conversation to listen to because i am not well no i'm thinking that this is a great conversation in general that yeah. you're right it's just that people don't have this conversation and it's so uh it's crazy it's yeah. so sensitive this this mm-hmm. this subject like on many levels this is such a sensitive subject right but it's so important like let's think about that like how wild is it that the like the number one most important thing for our genes, for our, for the survival of our species, sex, right? Everything mm-hmm. about sex is about reproduction, mm-hmm. but in our evolved states, it it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot more than that. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's it's pleasure, it's it's connection, it's you know, right? Uh, it, it's all these other aspects of our of our culture that that we're you know, communicating in sex, uh, and with this little pill. We've removed all the stakes. Right. Like that is, I've never really, I've never sat and just thought about it like that. Like, Mm -hmm. um, and it's really, and it's new. It's what, what is that? 60 years. Yeah. You know, like less than 60 years. Yeah. And And it, and it, it's been shown too to like have really had an impact on, on the female psyche as mm -hmm. well, you know, which like, and I, I used to hear that before and think like, what? But now that I'm thinking about it, of course it has. Right. Yeah. Like, of course it has. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Shit's crazy. I love yeah. it. Like, I love all that kind of stuff. And I love that they're, I mean, I think that's why people love Rogan so much because he does have people from so, so many different, uh, you know, sides of the, of like political views and philosophical views and everything. And he just has a conversation with them. And he's just this, uh, just this meathead kind of a guy who's curious and he just so he he asks all the questions that we're like w- just the normal guy would want to ask and yeah it's, he's, and it's so cool to listen to all these different types of people. What what a what an unusual individual he is like yeah you know, because yeah if if you weren't sitting down and being a part of the conversation he lets us in you know with his podcast mm-hmm. you would just think of him as that like you said like the meathead the UFC yeah. slash fear I mean, factor guy yeah he's, that is not who he is that no is he's kind of a, like softy a little bit and he's and he's, he's a brilliant mind yeah yeah and he's very very smart will yeah flip your head inside out if you give him an hour <laughs> yeah you know like yeah. he's brilliant yeah uh the way he mediates the, who's that conspiracy theory alex jones yeah do you listen to that alex one? Jones the 9-11 on one he 
nobody, so funny. there's no one on this planet that can manage Alex Jones the way that Rogan Dude, can. he got Alex Jones drunk and high yeah. on that. Like, Alex Jones was smoking joints and drinking, like, ton of whiskey. Totally. And... But just the way that Rogan will just flow yeah. with him, yeah. knowing that he's that that he that you know is volatile, the right word that that he's that he's dealing with a very volatile, oh for sure, yeah. you know, human being, yeah. and is just able just to manages like it, yeah. to like bring that volcano up and then simmer it down. Yeah, yeah. It's just oh, what a blast that episode was. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was really fun. And then plus he had uh, Eddie Bravo on there, mm-hmm. and yeah, that was that was a really really fun one. Yeah, sorry yeah. that that was slightly left field. Just talking about uh, yeah, you know. What yeah. were we talking about just before that? Cause I don't know. Actually, I'm going to um, pause this for a second because I got to pee, and then I'll probably open another beer. All right. So. All right. Sounds good. All right. So that's the podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, like I said before, um, go ahead and hit me up uh, through my website. Go to the contact portion of the page. Uh, send me any ideas of anything that you'd like to listen to or uh, any type of people you'd like to uh, listen to, any sort of questions you want to hear. Um, I know it was just kind of a basic conversation, but I really enjoyed it. I hope that you at least somewhat enjoyed it. Um, and they are going to get a, uh, a little bit better, a little bit more complex as we go. Uh, we're going to learn how to do this together. Uh, thanks again, guys. Uh, have a great night or day or, um, life. Okay. Bye.